Welcome back to Duskwall. And welcome to season three. It's absolutely incredible that we've come this far. Thank you so much for all your support and for joining us on this journey. Whether you've been a fan since our launch in February 2018, or if you just binged the whole show in a week to catch up, we are so glad to have you with us. If you haven't done so yet, please leave us a review on iTunes and help more listeners find the show. Announcements aplenty! First, in case you've missed it, we have a Shapeways store where you can buy your very own Magpies pin. These 3D printed models were designed and donated by fan James Bricknell. I have a pin of my own, and it looks fantastic. The pins are available in a wide variety of materials and at a wide variety of prices, and all the profits from the sale of our pins will go to our featured charity of the month. Second, you can earn a chance to win a Magpies pin, printed and painted by James, and accompanied by a personal note from yours truly by backing us on Patreon. When we reach 100 active backers, all current patrons will be entered in a drawing to win one of five Magpies pins. The Patreon has a ton of amazing behind-the-scenes content that builds out our version of Duskwall, lets you hear what got left on the cutting room floor, shows you what's in Blair's journal, and more. Third, thanks to the generous support of our current Patreon backers, we have transcripts for all of Season 1, and we've started on Season 2. Thank you to Tyler, Lyra, and Michelle for all their amazing work in transcribing the show. Fourth, I will be at a Catacon in just a few weeks. If you're attending this friendly local con in Dayton, Ohio, let me know. I'd love to meet fans, and if you say hi, you can get a neat Magpies bookmark. Next, Kim is going to tell us about this month's featured charity. The Rainforest Action Network's Protect an Acre program works directly with grassroots and indigenous-led organizations to prevent vulnerable ecosystems from natural disaster and deforestation efforts. Since 1993, RAN has saved millions of acres of land and has collaborated closely with the indigenous communities who protect it. They uphold the values of fair trade, promoting the dignity and human rights of rainforest communities, and fighting against corporations who seek to disproportionately consume it for resources. Right now, the Amazon rainforest in Brazil is being intentionally burnt down with the intent of creating more farmland for cattle. President Bolsonaro has time and time again proved unwilling to stop the global crisis that is at hand. Of the world's oxygen that is not produced from the ocean, one-third of it comes from photosynthesis occurring on land. And of that one-third, the Amazon is responsible for nearly half. It is imperative that we begin and remain louder than ever on the side of science, the side of nature, and the side of indigenous people. To make a donation, visit www.rand.org, select support, and go to Protect an Acre. For a donation even as low as $20, your money will go directly to protecting an acre of rainforest land and to the people who are its closest defenders. The news these days moves alarmingly fast, and it can be really hard to keep up with the firehose blast of information. There are some excellent summary email newsletters, like Celeste Pewter's weekly updates or What the Fuck Just Happened Today, uh, as well as others that can help make it a little more manageable. And if you can only focus on one crisis for a while, or even if you just need to step away from that firehose and breathe, that's okay too. We're going to be in these fights for a long time, and taking care of yourself is how we all endure. 
If you're in the U.S. and you're able, pick an issue or two from fivecalls.org and call your representatives. Now then, let's get started, shall we? The last several months have not been easy for Duskwall's newest band of hopeful vigilantes. The magpies have faced spirits, criminals, corruption, and more, but few challenges have been as hard as saying goodbye to one of their own. With Finn's family in danger, the magpies, aided by the charming thief known as Needle, broke Finn out of Ironhook and helped her escape Duskwall. She's free and as safe as anyone can be beyond Duskwall's electroplasmic walls. With Finn gone and Needle vanished, the magpies had to find a new equilibrium and a new purpose. Plagued by threats from the Circle of Flame, they struggled to help the citizens of Duskwall and to stay even a single step ahead of their foes. And the reasons for their struggles came to light when Harker, Minx's old friend, was kidnapped. Minx risked her life to save him and her friends, but paid a high cost. And all the magpies were left reeling by the revelation that the Circle had been aided by none other than their longtime friend Rigney, who had been blackmailed with threats to his younger brother's safety. They rescued Rigney's brother and helped him escape Duskwall as well. They faced threats from old rivals and tried to uphold their obligations to new allies even as those alliances pushed them to make greater ethical compromises. But of all the compromises, none are as great as those made to risk the safety of one's friends and loved ones in the name of the greater good, a lesson Myra learned when her old mentor and employer, Salia, kidnapped her oldest friend. In the course of saving both her and her friend Jaren, some of Myra's most closely guarded secrets were revealed. The magpies have forged tighter bonds than ever, but will that be enough to see them through the threats to come? Only one way to find out. We open up over Duskwall, uh, a wide, high shot of the city, uh, the lights gleaming in the, the darkness. You know, the, the camera pans in down to the city, it, it swoops over Ironhook Prison and then down to one of the many bridges cutting across the River Dosk. And uh, we see the magpies, uh, Blair, Minx, and Myra, making their way across the bridge and down into Dunslow. Dunslow is the poorest district in Duskwall. It mostly surrounds uh, Ironhook Prison. And there's a lot of um, prisoners' families that live out here. There's like a labor camp that prisoners who are, you know, sentenced to hard labor work there. And uh, there is also uh, one of the places where a lot of people in Dunslow work is a place called the Mire, which is uh, a giant quarry where some kind of uh, meteor struck. In ancient times, and now there's a bunch of, like, precious ores and jewels embedded in the earth around there, and so people will... uh, A lot of it has been, or at least a lot of the uh, easier-to-find things have long since been claimed, but, you know, there's always people uh, searching through the muck, trying to find, you know, their ticket out of Dunslow. Uh, So this is not a place where, like... 
even, you know, Minx and Myra, you two grew up in poverty, but it was better than this. Even where you were growing up, you always kind of had the consolation of, well, at least it's not done slow. Oof. So yeah, this is not a place where, you know, most people really want to spend any time. So you all are heading down here because you got a tip from Lonnie and Roxanne. They've been continuing to investigate the members of the Circle of Flame. Recap real quick. You know a lot of the members. The Eruvian ambassador, uh, Avrathi, who is dead, thanks to Finn. Harvale Brogan, former owner of the Centralia Club, is in prison. Lord Alistair Mora is a member who is still active out in the world. Lady Drake, magistrate, and Lady Eleanor Pendrin, uh, a, a noblewoman who, whose family serves on the Council of Duskwall. And you know that there are more members. Lonnie and Roxanne have continued to dig looking for information, and they have turned up another name. Raffello. Oh, that's R. Yep. The painter guy with the the hookup for the drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Minx, this is a, a name that you recognize. Raffello is a very well-known um, painter uh, in Duskwall. Their art style is a lot more abstract. People in the art scene know that majority of their stuff is done in, like, drug-fueled binges, um, <laughs> where they get just really high on ghost drugs and other weird, arcane, occult stuff, and then just paint for 12 hours and then pass out for two weeks. <laughs> Great life. Yeah, you know, it's a, a living, I suppose. But they are a very popular artist. They have made a huge name for themselves. They don't have, like, they're not attached to any particular nobility in terms of having a patron. They've actually been successful enough where they don't need that kind of specific support. But, you know, most rich people in the city own an original Raffello to kind of show their status. And apparently they are a member of the Circle of Flame. Lonnie uh, made contact with a, uh, an alchemist who says that she used to work for Raffello and the Circle. Her name is Taya Laren. Hey, TL! Also, wait, don't we know that name otherwise? <laughs> you do. It sounds familiar. This is, this is an incredibly deep lore, Paul. She was first mentioned in Season 1, Episode 1. What? <laughs> who, yeah. Who, yep. who was this? I know this name. She was mentioned in um, the report on the gondoliers who were killed... That's it! As being uh, a whisper or an alchemist um, who ha was on the run from uh, the Circle of Flame. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit. Holy Damn. shit. My web. Thorne asked them repeatedly what they knew about Kotar, Taya Laren, cultist wanted by the Warden's not our problem, and the Blood Iron Ring. Yep. So the Circle of Flame were trying to chase down Taya. Yep. All that time ago. And apparently, she is hiding out in Dunslow. Uh, according to Lonnie, she made contact with, with them because she had learned that Lonnie and Roxanne had some ties to the magpies, and the magpies are trying to screw over the Circle of Flame, so it sounds like you're people that she would like to know. Yay. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the three of you make your way through Dunslow. There's not really an address. <laughs> you were given kind of a description of where she lives. And you you find the place. It's a ramshackle hovel at the end of a street uh, that you, you pass by it a couple times before one of you notices. There's a symbol uh, carved into like the doorframe that is like a seven-pointed star that has um, lines kind of uh, coming up from the top as if it is, you know, kind of movement lines as if it's falling. Interesting. Huh. Blair takes note of this. Yeah. Blair, you actually probably recognize this. Myra also might, but from two different sources, there is a forgotten god known as the Fallen Star. Oh. Wait, the Fallen Star Ritual Journal Fallen Star? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, you're standing outside this hovel. Uh, this is where you, you're supposed to meet uh, an alchemist who has been on the run from the circle for several months now. I'll just knock. There is a, a long pause. And then the door opens a crack and the... Uh, Barrel of a, a pistol pokes through the crack. What the fuck? No need for that. I do believe you requested some birds. You kind of like see an eye peeking out over the top of the uh, pistol. It's like, who sent you? Uh, Our mutual friends from the press. The reporters, Lonnie and Roxanne. There's a, a pause and then the pistol withdraws and the door opens just wide enough for, for you to slip in one at a time. So much for the code speak. So you all head on in. It's a uh, little one room hovel. There's a, a bucket in the corner from, you know, to catch leaking water when it rains. There's a bed shoved in one corner, table and chair in another most of the back wall is taken up with, uh, like, a very ramshackle, thrown-together uh, alchemist's workbench. Um, it looks like a lot of scavenged equipment. There's a, a mix of kind of, like, an acidic sort of smell that you all have, particularly Blair, kind of just associate with, you know, alchemy. And also just kind of like a mildewy smell. And uh, standing in the middle of all this, uh, with a you know the pistol still in her hand, held at her side, it's pointed at the ground, but she's still holding on to it, is a woman um, in her forties, very typical Acherosian features, light skin, dark hair, dark eyes. Um, her hair uh, has been cut short. It looks like somebody, possibly her, uh, just kind of took a knife to it and hacked it off. It's very messy. She's got really dark circles under her eyes. She uh, is is gaunt in an underfed sort of way. Her eyes are like darting over the, the three of you. She's like, well, uh, can't say you're exactly what I was expecting, but glad to make your acquaintance. Uh, Taya. You as well. Although I hope we exceed expectations. I am Minx. She'll shake. Shakes your hand cautiously. Claire Colhane, also from an Uplinks background. And Blair offers her hand. Uh, she steps in to, like, shake your hand, but, like, she does, like, one shake and then, like, retreats back to keeping a good, like, five or six feet between all of you. Myra, w would you prefer not to shake? Uh, just 
found it's best to stay out of stabbing range, and she, like, uh, rolls up a sleeve to show where there's, like, a, a scar on the top of her forearm from what you all, you all probably have scars like this. She got stabbed. <laughs> oh. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's, uh, I wouldn't be down here if I had any other choice. So, uh, yeah, I heard rumors that somebody was tangling with the circle and actually having some success in putting them down, so I figured you were people I ought to talk to. Yes, well, from what little we understand, you've had a history with them as well? <sighs> Unfortunately, uh... She she looks around and kind of suddenly seems to, you know, realize something is like, uh, huh, I guess there's not really anywhere for you all to sit down. Uh, sorry. We can stand. It's fine. I started working for Raffello, uh, probably five, six years ago, right when they were starting off. Uh, even back then, they paid real well. Like, real well. Uh, all I had to do was mix up their weird, very specific cocktails and... They made paintings, and they made more money, and I made more money, and it was great. Then, uh, I guess a couple years ago, I met with uh, some of Raffello's friends. Later found out that they had their, you know, weird spooky club, The Circle. And they gave me a very interesting challenge. They wanted something that could see across space and maybe time and maybe into other parts of reality. And... That sounds familiar. Did this involve any artifacts? No. No. They, they wanted... I mean, they wanted to find artifacts with it. So all of this metaphysicality, this is induced with drugs. That's what these alchemists in the Circle of Flame are after. As, as a refresher... Uh, in, in the journal that you found talking about this ritual um, that they were doing, they, they were buying large quantities of a drug called Spirit Sight. And this drug, uh, you know, when given to people, sort of gave them extra dimensional sight. They were able to see faraway places. They were able to locate objects. Side effect uh, of this drug is death. Yeah, and then several seers identified that maybe the eye was in Eruvian Alduara, and then they got the eye, which we stole, and then they started looking for the other relics and ordered, like, a double batch, and then three entries later is the last entry that we have. So, yeah, that that's kind of what you know. And, uh, Blair, you would also know that this spirit site is made using ghosts. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> Flashback over. Um, Taya sort of shrugs and is like, I... They probably have alchemists there now, but I'm not working for them anymore. I bolted, uh, I guess, about seven or eight months ago. The reason still stands that they're probably still at this. They're probably still trafficking spirits and grinding them up into dust so they can get whatever they want. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, almost certainly. <sighs> Out of curiosity, you have a symbol above the door. What is the significance... Uh, to you, or to the ritual? Oh, the fallen star? You know, a lot of alchemists find them a worthy patron. Yes, um, it was mentioned in their notes that they called this ritual using the spirit site the fallen star Wait, you got, star you got notes? What, no what, what did you find? Notes. Did you get my research? Uh, 
Not your research so Damn much it. as their commentary on the experiments. I mean, that's something. Um, Lady uh, Penderin is uh, devout, I guess you'd say, to a number of forgotten gods. More of a flavor of the week, if you ask me. She just sort of latches onto whichever one she finds convenient. It's sort of a fickle devotion, I guess, but... um. Yeah, the, I think most of the others just saw it as a means to an end, but she saw it as a way of expressing her faith for the time. Now, that's my research is what I wanted to talk to you about. I have been, I wasn't able to get it when I left. I sort of had to evacuate in a hurry. Where would your research have been? Uh, Raffaello's studio over in Silkshore. And you think it's still there? Probably. That was sort of where the alchemy labs were set up. Are you certain it hasn't been secreted away to some more secure sanctum? I, it very well could have been, but that I can tell you where I left it when I was running for my life. Judging from a fellow's reputation, I'm guessing that he probably still has it in his possession. Most likely, but... They could have moved it. It's not going to be easy to get no matter where it is. Uh, as you can probably guess, I, um, I can't really pay you much. Dear, at this point, the circle needs to be taken down either way. Payment is hardly at the forefront of our minds at the moment. She, like, visibly relaxes and, and nods and finally holsters her, her pistol. That's good to hear. I need you to find my research, my notes, uh, and, and bring them back. How will we know it? She goes over to uh, her workbench and kind of rustles around and um, lifts up a thick sheaf of papers and then thumbs through it for a bit and then pulls out just like a few pieces of paper and comes back over and is like, I've been trying to recreate it from memory. Because if, if I can recreate it, I can create uh, a, a counter agent. Ah, uh, I see. So it's less, about, it's less about taking it from them and more getting it for that reason. Yeah. Because I would think they made, co- made copies. Probably, but if I can get my original research back, I might be able to make it safer and then find a way to... I don't know. I don't really have a plan after that. I just know that we need to get the... If we can get the research away from them, if you can, you know, mess up whatever uh, alchemical production they have in place, slow them down, that would be good. Do you think that it's anywhere in the realm of possibility that this counter-agent could... Recover the ghosts that were trafficked into these drugs. Oh, no. They're, I mean, that's basic uh, spirit alchemy. No, I know that. As soon as the spirits go through the ritual, they're ground up, they're completely destroyed. There is no essence left whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, there's some essence left, depending on how you prepare them. I mean, that's why dream essence and thought essence are so damn popular. I'm asking about recovering them fully. No. They're gone. Oh, why would you want him back? I isn't dying. I enough? think this is a. I think this might not be a discussion for this moment. Taya just looks like baffled. <laughs> has no idea what Blair is getting at. We have our own spiritual concerns. Uh huh. But you don't seem to have any solution for them, so we don't need to talk about that. So we just need to get the notes out. And maybe mess some things up on the way out. Yes. That would be great. Well, you've come to the right group of girls. 
<sighs> that's that's good to hear. Uh, I heard you put Brogan in Ironhook. Yeah, that was us. Good. That guy was a real creep. I had seen the way he was running the club. That is definitely true. Uh, well, let me uh, uh, tell you what I can about uh, Raffello's studio. As far as general details you get about Raffello's studio, like it doesn't have the same level of security that a lot of the other places you've hit uh, related to the circle. There aren't private guards. Um, there's pretty minimal, like, Sparkcraft security or even mechanical security. Like, there's, you know, locks and stuff, but the real security is all pretty much arcane. There's a lot of wards. There's a lot of bound spirits. That is how Raffello protects their domain. They also have kind of a retinue, I guess would be the word, of um, other artists who kind of follow in their style of doing a lot of drugs and then doing a God, lot of is art. Is there a Raffaello school of art? Not quite, but it's like... Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> like lowercase school. <laughs> yeah, there's a small group of artists who kind of hang around Raffaello and do similar art types. You know, some whispers, some alchemists that are just kind of in, in their circle. And they are probably also going to be around, not necessarily as a security force. None of them are really trained combatants, but they are people who will potentially be in your way. And so that's kind of the, the broad strokes of what she's able to tell you about it. She is able to give you a fairly detailed description of the layout. So that's going to help you when you get to the engagement role. Um, but we'll kind of, we'll deal with that when we get into the score. So yeah, you, you all, you know, chat with her for a while and then head on out and rapidly make your way back towards the bridge that'll lead you out of Dunslow. Um, Blair, what were you trying to get at back there? I just know that there's another way. I mean, I imagine so. The way is to free the spirits before they undergo that process. You said yourself that once they are... According to popular convention, yes. I... Alright, you know the science better than I. What I'm saying is that there has to be a way to undo it. All this damage that's being done... It it can't keep happening. It's not enough just to take down the circle of flame. We have to recover the spirits. It's punishment enough to be viewed as monsters. It, being crushed up into drugs and alchemical resources for people to just, you know, use up and then throw away, it's not right. It, of course it isn't. That's terrible. But I don't know how it can be possible once it's done to reverse it any more than you can bring a spirit back to life. It's a different thing from, you know, bringing a spirit back to life in the corporeal form versus, you know, trying to pick up the pieces of dust and then bringing back their semblance of personality. Right. If, if a piece of wood is burned on a fire, it can never be made wood again. Yes, it can. <laughs> can it? Um, <laughs> I don't know much about alchemy. I... Um, if a wood hmm. is burned, it turns into ash. That ash can be mixed with water and then turned into a pulp. That pulp can be laid over a stone slab, and it cures long enough, it can become wood again. Will it be the same as the first wood? No. So you are suggesting less a restoration and more a transformation? A both. A mix of both. I mean, is there any theory behind it? Can, can that theoretically be done? I believe it can. If trees can be made into paper, then 
those that are turned into drugs can be brought back too. I just know it. Well, Myra, I think we are in the presence of a potential revolutionary in a certain scientific field. <laughs> we will... I cannot I would, help with the science of that whatsoever, but yeah, I would back you in the more. endeavor. <laughs> it means you know me. Of course. <laughs> We're trying to save those here. I'm not going to sit around on this square if there's anything I can do to help them. That is is fine, dear. We'll, we will support how we can, but... There's a human cost to this ritual, both both to test subjects and to the the spirits being distilled into these drugs. And I think we need to help with as much of that as we can. It's not just about getting those research notes, although those research notes will help with the living human cost. Yes, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Taya back there, she was only concerned about the research. She was so single-minded about it. She didn't care about the ghost. She didn't care about the victims. I imagine there was a reason she was hired in the first place. You have to remember that there's a certain way that most people view spirits. I don't think it probably occurred to Tyler and that that's a cost. Well, it is a cost. And this city needs to learn that. Yes, but Blair, understand that we don't have a way yet. I have ways. Okay, I think on that. <laughs> a very ominous line. Uh-huh. Let's, uh, you want to shift over into gather info? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I actually think this is a gather info stage that I'll excel at. Yeah. <laughs> because I've been in the art community for like yes, yeah. two seasons. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so what are, what do people want to do to, to learn some information? I am probably going to roll a study for my gather info. Okay. Uh, what are you looking for specifically? Saving ghosts and recovering them from being distilled into drugs, because that's something she's passionate about and knows things about from an alchemy background. And also okay. on top of that, this research that she's doing with Satara in her downtime about summoning things from other places has started turning the cogs in her brain a bit. Okay. Uh, Myra, what do you want to work on? It almost makes sense for me to kind of stake out the studio. Yeah. You can definitely do that. Kim, go ahead and roll uh, your study. Kim, the highest was a five. Five. Okay. So it's tough because this is not something that anybody has ever really tried to do. Most of the research on ghost drugs is the making thereof. People are not really interested in, in undoing the process. Yeah. That's fine. Blair can still reverse engineer from that. I think that that's what it'll be. I think this could potentially be more of a long-term project, but I think for the purposes of this score and this gather information, you get a lot, you dig very deep into how these kind of drugs are made. Right. And you you have some ideas about how they could possibly be, if not, you know, exactly reversed, um, ways that you could sort of add additional um, elements, alchemical reagents that would um, just sort of neutralize it so right. that it doesn't, you know, it's ineffective. So like if you, you know, wanted to just mess up their whole supply of it or something. Um, so yeah, you've, you've got some info about how these drugs work. Good. Uh, Minx, art friends. Yes. Uh, I think we know Minx's process at this point. Yep. 
for mingling here. Your little something on the side, like your business is like an art gallery, right? Yes, pretty much. So, I mean, you basically can just be sort of (laughs) chatting with your visitors. Yeah, like, and honestly, it's kind of refreshing to her to be delving deep in that community again. Because that stopped being her vice a while ago. I got a six. Okay. So you're just looking for anything uh, about Raffaello, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, as much as humanly possible. All right. So they are... One of those, you know, art figures that's kind of shrouded in mystery as far as where they came from, they just sort of burst onto the scene about six years ago and became very popular very quickly. Uh, Just sort of a, you know, right place, right time in terms of they managed to uh, appeal. They they created art that appealed to the right people and they just took off um, and have kind of maintained that popularity ever since. They are kind of reclusive, um, don't really come out and socialize uh, very often, mostly just kind of stick to Silk Shore. When they do show up at parties, it's always, one, they usually just show up uninvited places. (laughs) Okay. And two, it's always a huge deal. It's like having, you know, a, a huge celebrity just show up at your party. Like, yeah, sure, they weren't on the invite list, but holy crap, they're here at your party. I want to know if their reclusivity is, like, an intentional affect, or they just don't give a shit. Like, are they, like, deliberately secretive, or is it just because they, like, sleep for a solid week at a time it that no one knows anything? It seems to be more of the latter, um, that okay. they are kind of either lurching between, you know, a, a, a drug-fueled creative binge, or mm-hmm. they are recovering <laughs> From that. And what do I know about the artists that kind of work with them? Like, have any come out of that studio notably? Um, A a few. None have have hit uh, the same level of fame. But there's a handful that that have gained some popularity that that have kind of developed their own style. Um, But nobody has really been as big as Raffaello so far. Gotcha. And you you said already that they kind of use spirits as security? Yes. Okay. Do I know if Raffaello has any ties to, any ties I can pin down to other groups that would, A, like, either provide for his spirit interests, or if he has, like, some sort of deal with the spirit wardens? Uh, not with the spirit wardens. Um, they, they try to avoid the spirit wardens. Um, the Dimmer Sisters are their main supplier. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the main spirit traffickers in the whole city. There's a few other small independent operations, but the Dimmer Sisters are very much trying to get a monopoly over the spirit trade. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the few times that Raffaello is seen out, they are going, they've been seen visiting the Dimmer Sisters Manor. I see. I forget, are we friends with them, or? I would prefer We did a job for them. Yeah, they were one of your friendly contacts when you, well, positive contacts when we started, when we built the crew. Uh, You did them a favor, and then it's basically a, you you are currently even. (laughs) Right. They, you don't owe them anything. They don't have any particular problem with you, but they also don't feel any particularly loyal to you. 
wouldn't it be fun if we could somehow pin this on the Dimmer sisters? That would be fun. That would be fun. Because they're providing him with the spirit stuff, and they're the ones who would likely know if he obtained some sort of spiritual refinement process that they didn't know about, and they would want it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a possibility. So that, that would be nice to do that and then pin it on someone else mm-hmm. so that we don't incur more circle heat. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. And uh, frankly, the Dimmer sisters deserve what's coming to them. So <laughs> Agreed. All right. Uh, Myra, you're going to stake out the, the studio? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Um, let me figure out what action that would be. Probably either study or survey. I'm going to argue for study there because I'm much better at it. Yeah, I mean, you are sitting and staring intently at one particular building for like a day. That's a study. That's a six. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, You you go to the address that Taya gave you. It's in a neighborhood of Silkshore called Fogcrest, which is kind of the like bohemian artsy neighborhood. Um where, you know, if, if you want to oh, live, yeah, yeah, yeah. live out your dream of being a starving artist, you go to Fogcrest. And they have, um, Raffello has a three-story mansion, basically, kind of near the top of the hill. Uh, and, and in my mind, it's kind of a, um, a slightly run-down, like, three-story Victorian-style mansion so it's got like uh you know a little tower and big fancy roof and all of that which is running across the entire front of it yep it's run down in a way that like it's probably only external the paint is kind of worn and chipped but the windows are really nice so it's clearly like a little it's bit of a, a style thing. Distressed. That's the perfect word for it. Yes. The building is distressed. Stylishly distressed. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an apartment building across the street and you get up to the roof and just watch this place for a while. There aren't any guards uh, posted. Over the course of a, the day, you see about six different people come and go, um, none of whom are Raffello. You all kind of have a description of what they look like. And so you, you identify that there's about six other people, at least, that are hanging around in there. And I think throughout the day, you kind of periodically will switch into looking into the ghost field. And you are able to see from your vantage point, there's at least one bound spirit on each floor that's kind of patrolling. Interesting. And you think there might, like, it's kind of hard to see because of the distance and also just sort of interference. There's a lot of arcane... You're able to see there's a lot of arcane wards on, like, the doors and the windows, some of the interior doors. And then there's just a lot of, like, arcane stuff in the building that kind of leaves its own little signatures in the ghost field. So you're not sure there might be a second ghost on the third floor, but you know for sure that there's three ghosts. There's a lot of arcane wards. And then there's at least... So six non-Raffello people and then Raffello in the building. So you said there was wards, right? Uh-huh. Mostly arcane wards, or does yeah. it look like Sparkcraft as well? Primarily, it looks like, you don't really see any of the kind of, like, wiring going to the house that you would need for, like, a, an intense Sparkcraft security system. 
you're guessing that it's primarily these wards, these arcane wards. Yeah. Does it look like there's any, like, good sort of routes to try and sneak in? There is. I think your two options are there's a, um, like, a, a root cellar. Like, those, those cellar doors are kind of off to the side of the house that aren't as heavily warded. They, there, is, there are still wards on them, but it's not as much. Okay. Um, and there is in the yard, or, you know, yard, quote-unquote, there's not really grass or plants or anything, um, around this house, there is a huge uh, metal sculpture that looks like a tree, that is, like, tree-sized. Oh. That you could probably climb to get up to, like, the second or third story. It's a question of, like, do you want to come in through the basement, or do you want to come in through an upper story? Cool. Yep. You all have reconvened probably about a, you know, a day later with all of your information. What's your strategy? What's your approach? How are you going to go about getting in there and stealing some notes and breaking some stuff? Now that, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Break in. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, but how? Do we want to do the root cellar or the tree? My vote is the tree. There's more. So there's more security if we take the tree route, but also we don't have to go up through three floors worth of, uh, of right, people. But my yeah. concern is how we get past the ghosts that are patrolling. I can take care of that. Okie dokie. <laughs> no further questions. I got this. Blair's on a fucking mission this week. Yeah. <laughs> I, gu I guess we're doing a. Stealth mission? Unless you want to try and not break in and, like, disguise yourself and get let in as a patron or artist? I could, but, like, that's not the sort of thing that happens in a day. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and the gather info didn't really reflect that. Also, there's only so many times we can disguise ourselves as not ourselves to our actual enemies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, I think really it's... This might be our first occult score? Engage supernatural power. Like, I don't know what that looks like. Oh, that means, you know, we just dive off the deep end on the weird shit. Right, but what, what exactly, how are you, I need specifics. What supernatural power are you engaging? Oh. Either, like, some possibly backfiring spiritual event that gets rid of the ghost guards, or, like, temporary invisibility to ghosts. I mean, both work. I am also not opposed to just straight up engaging with them and consorting to get them to go away. Well, so here's the thing. It's not a question of convincing the ghosts to leave. It's a question of breaking the arcane seals that are binding them. Yeah. No, I'm, I feel like I can really do that. Like, we will have limited time before the spirit wardens appear. Yeah. But... Okay. So how, uh, or not how, where, because I feel like you have to do the ritual in the vicinity. You did say there was an apartment complex across the way. But I, I guess I'm just trying to gauge the distance radius of this spell's power. Wouldn't it make more sense to cast this closer to Rafello's studio as opposed to away from it? Like, I was thinking if we can, like, sneak into the basement of the building across the way or something... Or you could get into the basement of, you, you have an access point to get into the basement of the uh, Raffaello's studio, and you could do it down there, potentially. Yeah, I can absolutely do it down there, and then we'll work, work our way up. 
Okay. Yeah. Like that. All right. That sounds like a plan. Like <laughs> engagement roll one for luck. For once, you don't actually have anyone directly interfering in this operation. Yay! So this is going to be a three d six roll. Whew! That's a good roll for you guys. Uh, five five six. You are going to be starting in a controlled position. So I think we are going to cut right to you're all in uh, the basement of Raffello's studio. I think the basement, uh, <laughs> you're not the first people to do some kind of weird ass rituals down here. <laughs> you, Blair came, I think, with like candles and chalk and salt and other, you know, liquids, vials, ink. All kinds of stuff, and you get in there, and there's just, like, half of the stuff you need is already here. <laughs> oh, awesome. Blair's gonna help herself. Yeah. But fortunately, nobody's in the basement right now. Blair, uh, you're, you're, how, how does this ritual look? What are, you, what are you doing? Are you doing another? I know a lot of Blair's rituals have been kind of the, like, sacred geometry, circles on the floor sort of thing. Is it another kind of that? Oh, somewhat... Of that, yes. Instead of doing sacred geometry on the floor, she's going to do a very ornate one on the wall. She has a curved dagger nice. with her, a very uh, small one that's curved at the end, and she has that strapped to the belt across her chest. Uh, she is, while she is painting this geometry on the wall, there are sparks at each corner that is lit by a single candle and remains lit despite no visible wick being in between the bricks of the wall. And okay. from there, the sigil starts to seep. It starts to leak a little bit, almost as if it's bleeding. Not so much in the sense of red blood or wine, but it's very dark black with these specks of gold in the corners. And so she's going to wait a minute, let that simmer until vapors start coming out from underneath the bricks. And that's when it starts working. I, I'm sorry, just, it's very cool, but the description of Simmer just gave me this sudden flash of Blair hosting, like, a cooking yes. show yep. style thing, of like, so. If you can't summon your own flames from hell, Starbot is fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the vapor, like, rising up through the, the house is what's gonna break the bonds on these spirits? Okay. It's a very, very fine, undetectable lavender steam. Nice. Yeah, I think even if it, like, I think it might be slightly visible. Oh, it is. But this is, is also right. a house where there's just kind of a permanent haze in the air. Exactly. So, like, nobody's going to notice. But you do kind of have to hang out down here for a little bit to wait for it to do its work. You're basically standing down here, all of you waiting quietly to start hearing screaming from upstairs. Yep. There's just sharpening her dagger in the meantime. Yeah, as you're standing down here. So I think among the kind of ritual accoutrement that's in this place, there is a uh, a large glass bottle of seawater. And I think like the, the three of you are just sort of all kind of standing around pacing, uh, you know, maybe watching this violet vapor or not violet, lavender vapor kind of drift upwards. And behind you on this shelf, the seawater in this bottle starts to swirl and then the bottle kind of shakes a little bit and then crashes to the floor. And all three of you turn to see uh, a, a tall figure rising up out of the seawater splashed across the floor. Minx's hand immediately goes to the hilt of her sword. She doesn't draw it, but... And it, it resolves into the figure of Satara, 
who I think kind of glances across the three of you, looks to Minx, narrows her eyes, and says, that's a quick way to die. Put it away, Minx. It's fine. Minx will step back behind the other two and relax her stance a little bit, but she still has one hand on yeah. <laughs> the sword hilt. It's just, just not visible. Yeah. And I think Satara looks over to Blair and is like, so this is what you've been wasting your time with instead of focusing on your studies. It's circumstantial. Meaning? Meaning this is related to our summons work. I suppose we shall see. And uh, she she kind of like <laughs> looks at Blair expectantly and kind of a like, so what are we doing kind of expression. There's an artist in the studio just a few floors above who's prominent in the community. But even more than that, they're notorious for spirit drug trafficking and alchemy. I get my hand on those drugs and that research and it fills in the gaps for our book of summons. Satara regards you for a, a long moment and then nods very well. I'll be interested to see what you and your friends are capable of. As Satara looks over the three of you again and then glances up and goes, Ah, it's about to start. And then there's a, a ghostly wail and then screaming starts from upstairs. Very human screaming. It's breaking. What's working? What did you do? I didn't do anything. The spirits are just being freed from their wards. That way we have a quicker access into the studio. The humans are going to get a bit of a scare, but it'll be fine. I'll be able to jar them up before any harm comes to anyone. Yeah, you'll see. That's your plan anyway. Well, then we best get to the studio. Thanks for listening. The Magpies will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at magpies underscore pod and visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash magpies podcast. The Magpies podcast is GM'd and produced by Ree. Follow me on Twitter at Rhiannon42. And check out rpgskillcheck.net for my copy editing and accessibility freelance site. Blair Culhane is played by Kim Kogut. Follow her on Twitter at KimDeannaJones. Minx is played by Josie. Follow her on Twitter at DragonGirlJosie. And watch her art streams at picarto.tv slash DragonGirlJosie. Myra Keel is played by Minna. Follow her on Twitter at MinaMinar. The opening and closing theme music is from Trio for Piano, Violin, and Viola by Kevin MacLeod and is used under a Creative Commons license. The Blades in the Dark roleplay system is the creation of John Harper and is published by Evil Hat Productions. Also, I'm poised waiting for Kim's TMNT reference. Oh. <laughs> I mean, at this point... I am a double-edged sword because it could be a TMNT reference, it could be an art history reference, or, and this is a deep pull, a good omens reference. So, you never know with me anymore. <laughs> Kim has a, a powerful, chaotic meme energy. Yes. <laughs> or it could be, you know, the Ferrero candies, which was my first thought. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so many options.